Hey, welcome to another episode of Timely Truth Talks. I am your host, student pastor Jorge, and uh, I just want to quick give a quick devotional um, thought um, or message uh, that I found really powerful. So today's thought, it's called communion with God. Jesus, our pattern depended on prayer. This is found in Hebrews 5, 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. So Jesus was offering up prayers, but where was he offering up these prayers? Where, where was this happening? Well, so let's take a look. Evening, James and John that leads them across the fields as far up a rugged path to a lonely mountain. I hope this is beginning to ring a bell. The light of the setting sun still lingered on the mountaintop and gilds with its fading glory the path they are traveling. But soon the light dies out from the hill as well as valley. The sun disappears behind the western horizon and the solitary travelers are wrapped in the darkness of the night. I find it interesting because this is story is found in Matthew, Mark, and John. Um, if you go to Matthew chapter 17, John chapter 17, and Mark chapter 9, we are talking about you might have guessed it, maybe not, the Mount of Transfiguration. And it's interesting that it says after six days. So as the evening set on that day, could this have happened on the Sabbath day? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm speculating here, but I want to study it a little bit more. But it seems like this is actually happening on the Sabbath day, which is would be super fascinating to find out. But let's continue. Presently, Christ tells them that they are now to go no farther. Stepping a little aside from them, the man of sorrows pours out his supplications with strong crying and tears. He prays for the strength to endure the test in behalf of humanity. What did we read in Hebrews 5.7? Who, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Here in Hebrews, it's talking about Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is here. He's pouring out his soul. He's pouring out these prayers Let's look at um, let's look at John chapter seventeen. Here, Jesus said in verse one, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, "Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him." Kind of kind of touches on the end part the the end part of the verse able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear Jesus is here is praying he's he's pouring out his spirit not only praying for himself 
but we'll see that he's also praying for his disciples. And it makes me think, how many times um, do we spend time in prayer, you know, only praying for ourselves? We are also to pray for our brothers and sisters. The Bible says we are to carry each other's burdens. And one way of doing that is not only to sit there and listen to your friend and offer them advice, but also to pray for them. You know, you must spend time in prayer for yourself, but not only yourself, for those around you, because we need that support system, right? We need friends that are like-minded, that are willing to help us and take on our burdens with us. But continuing on, uh, uh, continuing on, he prays for strength to endure the test in behalf of humanity. He must himself gain fresh hold on omnipotence. Again, I keep saying that word wrong. He must himself gain a fresh hold on omnipotence. That's how you say it. Amen. <laughs> for only thus can he cont- contemplate the future. And he pours out his heart longing for his disciples. Here it is that in the hour of the power of darkness, their faith may not fail. Jesus is again praying for his disciples. We are to pray for our friends in the hour of darkness that their faith may not fail. At first, the disciples unite their prayer with his sincere devotion. But after a time, they are overcome with weariness. And even while trying to retain their interest in the scene, they fall asleep. Jesus has told them of his sufferings. He has taken them with him that they might unite with him in prayer. Even now, he's praying for them. Jesus here, he's, he's the reason he took them up to the mountain. It's so that they can pray with him. So again, this concept of carrying each other's burden is found in the beginning of the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus takes his disciples so they can pray together. But the Savior has seen the gloom of his disciples and has longed to lighten their grief by an assurance that their faith has not been in vain. And it seems like, you know, um, Jesus saw something in the disciples that they were, they were, um, you know, they were down. Their energy was low. Um, their spirits weren't weren't correct. Um, however you want to say, it, right? You know, they just didn't seem right. But he took them up with him to pray for them. They for them to pray together, so that their faith has, so they can be assured that their faith was not in vain. But then continues on. Now the burden of his prayer is that they may that they may be given a manifestation of the glory he had with the Father before the world was. Now, what does it say here? And again, in John, we're going to read from John chapter 3. I just I just want to read uh, John chapter 17, verse 3. I just want to read this verse because it's, it's, it's given me so much life and, and power and, and motivation and and thought it says, and this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. Verse four, I have finished the work with thou which thou hast gavest me to do. Now, what does it say here? This is what he 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 specifies here. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self 
with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Now, it, it looks like the Bible is, is saying here is that because the disciples' faith seemed to be weighing in the balance because they, you know, Jesus want to, wanted to assure them that their faith is not in vain. He takes them to the Mount of Transfiguration. He takes them to here, this mountain, to, to show them, to reignite that, 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 to reignite that spark that they had, to reignite those, those, those powerful um, moments where they spent with Jesus, and now they're going to get to see Jesus in his true glory. They're going to get to see him because you, we, we will see in Matthew uh, chapter 2 and even uh, Mark 9, um, we see at the early uh, parts of the verses, we see what happens. But let's continue on. Because again, where we, where we left off, Jesus wants to show them, wants to, wants to give them a manifestation of the glory he had with the Father before the world was. That his kingdom may be revealed to human eyes and that his disciples may be strengthened to behold it. He wanted to his disciples to be re-strengthened as they beheld the kingdom, the glory that Jesus has. He pleads that they may witness a manifestation of his divinity that will comfort them in the hour of his supreme agony with the knowledge that he is of a surety the Son of God and that his shameful death is a part of the plan of redemption. Wow, that's so powerful. He's not, it, it seems like he's praying for himself, but he's actually praying for a, a manifestation of, of him, of himself to be given to his disciples. He's praying that be to, to, for the God to enlighten him, to, to shine that, that glory on him that was given to him before the world was so that his disciples can be assured, they can be strengthened, that they can know that their, their faith is not in vain. Wow. That's, that's such a, and that's such a crazy concept to understand that it's on the surface level, it seems like Jesus is praying for himself, which, you know, I, I would agree and I would definitely argue that it is a part of this prayer, part of this process is him um, praying for himself to be able to endure. But in the bigger picture, if you, you know, at a deeper level, you see that he wants to use this moment to, sh to reassure and re-strengthen and um, give his disciples that hope that their faith is not in vain and that and that and in that believing in Jesus that you can see that this 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 um, these these next steps these next things that are coming to fruition were were <clears throat> were part of the plan of redemption i know i'm just I was lost in my own thoughts there, but I hopefully you guys got the message there that, you know, there's a reason why he took his disciples there. There's a reason why something happened. We haven't touched on it yet, 
But let's see what happens. And it says, His prayer is heard while he is bowed in lowliness upon the stony ground. Suddenly, suddenly the heavens open. The golden gates of the city of God are thrown wide and the holy radiance descends upon the mount, enshrouding the Savior's form. Divinity within flashes through humanity and meets the glory coming from above. Now, what does it say here in Matthew chapter 2? He says, And after six days, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up on high mountain part, and was transfigured before them. So this, this, um, this is describing the transfiguration here. And his face, what does it say in chapter 2? And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. And behold, he appeared that Moses and Elias talking with him. And they answered, and Peter said unto Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If thou wilt, let us make here the three tabernacles. You know, it's Peter here, he begins to understand what's going on. He's like, I need to make like uh, tabernacles. I need to make places of worship for, for, for everybody. But, you know, that's, that's beside the point. But, you know, the focus was that, you know, it says in Matthew here, but it also says in um, Mark, and his raiment became shining exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can be white, can white them. And there appeared again, he talks about Elias, Elias and Moses, but the, the, the focus is like, Wow, you see Jesus in all his glory. You see him in in his white robe that he receives. Continue on where it says, Divinity from within flashes through humanity and meets the glory coming from above. Arising from his posture position, Christ stands in God-like majesty. The soul agony is gone. His countenance now shines as the sun and his garments are white as the light. Here Mark and Matthew confirm that Jesus was shining as the sun. And his garments are white as light. How, how powerful is that? How, how powerful is, is what Jesus is doing here? But I want to focus on really what he was doing. You know, the, the ultimate the ultimate plan here, it seems, um, and the Bible is saying here, not seems, but the Bible is saying here that he was here to empower his and strengthen and reassure and give hope to his disciples. But the most important part here, because I think John really focuses in on this, is that Jesus, he is our pattern and our pattern is dependent on prayer. So Jesus is showing us how important prayer is here. How important is prayer in your life? Are you spending time with God in prayer? Are you wake up, are you waking up in the morning to pray? Are you spending some time in the afternoon set aside to pray and talk to God? Are you spending some time in the evening to pray and talk to God? Daniel Pray three times a day, morning and noon and night. And look at the life that Daniel lived. Look at the example that he shows us. 
if we are to follow anybody's example, especially like Jesus, but in this case, Daniel, what more do we, what more do we need? Brothers and sisters, are you spending time in prayer? How much time are you spending in prayer? Are you only spending a few minutes, a few seconds sometimes? Life is full of trials. Life is full of, of obstacles, of, of struggles, of sadness, of agony, of moments of faith, of moments where our faith is tested. But here, Jesus, in, in, in the Mount of Transfiguration, what does he do? He spends time in vehement cry, in cries and tears and prays to God to come and help. But he again, he does not only pray for himself, he prays for his brothers at the moment. It, it, it's difficult to deal with everything that life gives us if we don't spend time in prayer and give it to God. Like the song goes, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus and Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus of my trials. I must tell Jesus and Jesus alone. I just, it's a little, little rant that, you know, I find it so challenging and so odd that we look to therapists and we look to friends and family Obviously, just to hear us out because we need we want something physical, something tangible to look at, someone that can agree or disagree or give us some thoughts. But Jesus is the one who can answer this, who can, you know, it, it, is our faith is our faith tested when we look to men or women to help us with our struggles? I think there's moments we, we definitely, we can confide in friends and we can definitely get their assistance and their opinions, um, whether either friends, therapists, whatever, however you want to deal with it. But the first person we ought to go to is Jesus. And, you know, I had an interesting experience today. You know, I've been going through a lot, um, you know, especially with school and um, with relationships. And I took a walk this afternoon I took a walk and um you know my prayer was different it wasn't God I need God I I give me this no it was Heavenly Father how's it going you know I'm I am to come to you not only um obviously in need but as a friend, Jesus is our friend. And I just was talking, it probably like, if, if you would have seen me, you probably thought I was crazy. But I was just looking to the side, like as Jesus, as if Jesus was walking next to me. And I was just talking. And, you know, as I continued to talk, because I wasn't, I was just, I was getting, you know, overwhelmed with, the, with just everything that was going on. And as I was just talking, you know, and I was, you know, obviously answering myself and, you know, I, it just felt like Jesus was, answer, you know, as I was answering myself, it, it felt like Jesus was the one giving me the answer. It felt, and I started to beginning, I started to feel peace. I, I started to begin to feel peace in my heart 
to begin to understand it's like yeah I gotta do that you know yeah that's probably not the best thing that for me to do and you know and I just kept talking and I just was like yeah you know you're right Jesus and you know it was like a just a powerful experience to not not necessarily ask Jesus for anything but just to ask him to listen and to um just talk to him as a friend because I think that's important I in so many times we it's and that's I'm ex, not excluding myself we and I <laughs> pray to pray and ask God and just ask hey God I need this God I need this but how many times do I just talk to God as he was a friend you know hey I'm going through this and you know I think um, this dialogue and imagining Jesus being there gives you really a different perspective of building a relationship with God. So I just want to encourage you, if, if you're going through some ups and downs, if you feel so busy with life and school and work, um, just stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing and spend time with God. Just talk to him as if he, as he, as he's your friend. Jesus is our friend. Stop what you're doing and talk to Jesus, and spend time with him. Your day will be that much better. You will be that much more blessed. As Jesus was our example, to commune with him, to commune with God, we are to spend time in prayer. So I just encourage you guys, um, as you're listening to this, spend time with Jesus. Tell him everything. You know, it's good to confide in friends and family and therapists. But Jesus is, is the only one. And at the end of the day, he is the only one that can get us through our ups and downs. No matter how much you talk to a therapist, no matter how, how much you talk to your best friend, Jesus will always have the right answer. Because you know what? He's always right. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. And the truth is, the timely truth always talks. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Timely Truth Talks, maybe subsection devotional time, spending time with God, communing with God. I hope this was encouraging for you guys. I hope I had some sort of um, thought there. Um, I just was really inspired by this devotional. And um, yeah, I just hope you guys have a great week. And I will see you guys next time. Have a good one. Blessings.